Thank you, PPC. Thank you, PPC, for the El Salsal Orphanage. Thank you for the spiritual food that you've provided for children that have become pastors, evangelists, social workers, and many other ministries similar. Thank you, PPC. Thank you, PPC, for the Nueva Vida ministry where Spanish-speaking people can come, hear the word, worship in Christian fellowship. Thank you, PPC, for Nueva Vida Bible study. Thank you, PPC, for events and parties for members and friends. Thank you, PPC, for the Food for finals, when uh, college kids come over to our church and they're fed as they study for their finals. Thank you, PPC. Thank you, PPC, for the choir, for the chance to sing and praise, the chance to celebrate life and joy and Christ's presence among us through music. Thank you, PPC, for the bridge a ministry that reaches out to those who are unchurched, those who are disconnected from a church, and those who are seeking to find and be part of a church. Thank you, PPC, for our awesome tech team and all of those folks that work behind the scenes. Well, over the last month, we've, we've tried to show you a few snapshots of PPC at work. They've been kind of fun, haven't they? How about one last really loud round of applause for all the different ways that God's at work here in our midst. It's really fun. I think there were 29 or 30, 29 or 30 different slides that we uh, tried to show, and, and uh, I'm sure there were more, uh, which is just a great sampling of all the fantastic in amazing ways that, you're, that you all serve. We're, we're thankful. Um, this doesn't receive any outside funding. The, the, the most fantastic part of the story is we fund this. I fund it. Alfredo funds it. Roy, De Debbie, every single one of us in this room, we fund these ministries. This has been a month to say thank you. It's been a month to ask you to help us keep it going. There are uh, pledge cards in the back. We take these seriously, and if you fill out a pledge card, there's also a round circular bin, not to be confused with a trash can, and you can, you can put it in there, and that will help us as we finalize and complete our, our budgeting process. So on behalf of myself and the session and the deacons, all the leadership uh, here, uh, thank you, PPC. God is good. All the time, God is good. Okay, this is our last week, and we're going to take a break from Go. Go is a walk through, a very slow walk through the Gospel of Luke, and we're watching Jesus uh, going about his ministry and hopefully finding touch points in our own life to, and strategies to go. Today's text is uh, it's a story, and it's called the Transfiguration. I want to turn your attention to Luke chapter 9, verses 28 to 36. Uh, let's read the text together, and I'll, I'll point a few things out as we go, uh, and hopefully you'll find just 
the, this morning's worship songs from the celebration choir, our soul magnifying the Lord, praising God's name, the earth is yours, vapor, uh, Mindy's moment with the children, all, all point us to this amazing encounter with a holy God. It's very powerful. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James. Now, Peter, John, and James are kind of at, at the top of the discipleship class. These guys are uh, going to graduate cum laude, magna cum laude, and perhaps summa cum laude, and I don't know if I got those in order, but you get the, the deal. These three were with Jesus when they healed Jairus' daughter. They're going to be with Jesus after the, uh, the night of, after the resurrection. So these three folks are really making a run for the, the head of the class. And Peter, John, and James with him, and they went up onto a mountain, and, and hear this, to pray. They went to pray. Uh, I didn't have that memorized. Can you, there we go, thanks. I wish I did. I'm, I'm just not that good. And as he was praying, here, here's, here's what I want to get. They went to pray as he was praying. Okay? As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed. And his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. One of the translations says that Jesus Appearance changed from within. <laughs> Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor, and the three of them were having coffee. They were talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions, now you've got to love these guys. Right? Peter, James, and John, these are two, three men after my own heart. They were very sleepy. So they decide, as cool as this is, I, I need a siesta. But when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, Master, I got, the, I got this great idea. You know what we need to do? We've got, this has been the most amazing moment that I've ever encountered, that I've ever seen. We have got to tabernacle this. We have got to set up three booths so that we can come back here forever and try to reenact this profound experience that we all just had so that it never, ever, ever, ever goes away. Does that sound familiar? It's so good for us to be here. Let us put up these three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them. And, you know, you can't miss any one word here. It's just that thick. And they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, This is my Son, whom I have chosen. Listen to Him. 
when the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was now alone. Now this is curious to me. The disciples, Peter, James, and John, kept this to themselves. They didn't tell anyone at that time what they had seen. Isn't that curious? I mean, I don't know about you, but if I'm on top of a mountain having a ridiculously spiritual experience, when I come down from that mountain, I'm going to tell a lot of people. But they didn't. They waited until after the resurrection. Something significant is happening in this story. Okay, the reading, the reading of God's holy word. Thanks be to God. Amen. Do you ever feel like you're in a moment in your life where you're, something happens and you're just left scratching your head? Right? What in, the, what in the world just happened? Anybody feel that way today yet? Anybody feel this way this week? How many feel this way multiple times a day? Yeah, I'm the same way. You know, I'm the same way. I can be in my office. I can be in my car listening to the news. I can be watching the news. I can be getting reports about geopolitics. I mean, there's so many different ways and times when I experience something in real life, real time, and, I, and, and literally in my head I go, what? Wait, what? Wow. How fabulous. How fantastic, but I got no clue. So it seems like we may all be in the same boat as human beings. It happens, right? So that sound you heard at the beginning of the service from a lovely little one-year-old, whom I love dearly most of the time. So now that sound is endearing, right? Thank you very much. You know, there's some curmudgeons in here that are like, take the kid out of here. I'm trying to worship. Right? You know who you are. And I'm fully aware of this. I'm fully aware of this dynamic. So I'm over here sweating buckets because it's like, this is my granddaughter. I love this kid. Uh, Somebody's not going to like it. Wham. Anyway, we, we did something this week that... We've never done before, and as far as I'm concerned, we're never going to do it again. <laughs> okay? So we've never traveled outside of Southern California on a holiday weekend. Have any of you? A long time ago, right? Yeah. Now I know why. Now I get it. So we decide, we get this great idea. So first, the first part of the story, I'll try to make this quick because we really want to get to the text. The first part of the story came in, in uh, August. My oldest daughter and son-in-law were going to go to Mexico for a wedding for this whole last week, right? Grandma and Grandpa, will you, watch, will you watch Cora for the week? Oh, yeah, sure, sign me up. That sounds lovely and wonderful. Bam, done. So that's how the story begins. It sounds great so far, doesn't it? Well, then Dawn decides that, you know what would be, actually, Dawn and I decide, doesn't matter she left 
Don and I decided, okay, that's not going to be enough stress for the one-year-old. Let's, let's, let's get in the car. Well, actually, let's, Dawn decides that she and Cora are going to fly to Phoenix one way, and I'm going to work a couple days, and I'm going to drive to Phoenix and meet up with them because Katie is still going to be living there, but by the time the week rolls around, Katie's quit her job and moved to Durango, Colorado, so she's not even going to be there. And her in, my in-laws are coming as well. So Thanksgiving this year, short, short story, maybe long, depends on your perspective, is we're going to have Thanksgiving in a hotel in Phoenix. <laughs> right? Which is great. And we all, you know, the flight gets there on time. I get there on time. We have Thanksgiving one day early because Katie finds out three days before Thanksgiving that she has to work on Thanksgiving Day for double time. Now, what 26-year-old is going to pass up working on Thanksgiving for double time? So we pre-order a Thanksgiving dinner that you go pick up and heat, right? And you have it at the table. And we gobbled that sucker down in eight minutes because Katie had to hit the road on Wednesday. <laughs> so things are going really pretty good, slightly different, but pretty good. And until Wednesday night hits because that sound you heard didn't stop <laughs> all night long because she didn't feel well. Now, it sounds really cute in a sanctuary, but remember, hotel rooms are smaller than this room. So every hour, that's lovely. Oh, lovely sound. It was beautiful. Woke us up. So needless to say, nobody has slept for the last four days. And, uh, oh, it gets better. Yesterday we decided, let's leave on Saturday because the traffic will be better. And it really was. It was better until, no, Palm Springs. Palm Springs, it's like the worst trick in the world because you think you're home. But you're oh so far. How did this happen? Now, the other fascinating thing that just blew me away, you're, you're going along, you're tooling along at the speed limit, and all of a sudden you see red taillights. Oh, I better slow down. I better stop. You come to a screeching halt, and you sit like that, creeping along for about a half hour. And then all of a sudden, as if magic, you pick up speed, and you're going back to the speed limit. There's no crash. There's no, there's no and the reason I know this is because this happens six to eight times between Palm Springs and 91 when we decided to finally get off on Savvy Ranch. This happened six to eight times. I'm like, why are we stopping? Why are we, there's no reason for it. Now, what you need to understand is my one-year-old granddaughter hates the car seat. And that screech was her happy screech. Do you know what that screech sounds like when she doesn't like to be tied down? She arches the back. So needless to say, multiple times yesterday, I was scratching my head saying to myself, go figure, what in the world is happening here? It happens in life, and it also happens <laughs> in our walks with Christ. It even happens in life in the church. Does it not? Now that's the somewhat humorous. 
Then all you got to do is watch the news, see the reports of fires, listen to geopolitics and survivors of shooters and the lament of the deceased. And you're left scratching your head. To me, this text could be a survival guide when you have no idea what's going on in your world. And let me pull out and briefly highlight six steps we might take when we're trying to make sense of what is seemingly out of control, beyond our understanding and recognition. First thing that I noticed in the text, and I pointed, I tried to point these out as we I read them, read through them. Keep praying. Remember, Jesus went up to pray. It was while Jesus was praying. It was while Jesus was actually praying that this experience of the glory of God, shoning in and through Jesus, occurred. While he was praying, this bewildering thing happened. How often do we do that when we're just that confused? Pray? I mean, really, really pray. I'm going to confess to you that when I was on the highway yesterday, I was talking to myself. I was saying a lot of words, but it was rarely prayer. In fact, I'm thinking of hitting next door for a confessional as soon as I'm done. And <laughs> I'm just going to tell you right now, I think I better. I'm still Protestant, but I've got to see that guy over there. It's just, I, I, I ended up in prayer, but it took a lot of time and mental gymnastics for me to do the internal self-work to move from the itty-bitty crummy committee in my head trying to make sense of something that I couldn't make sense of to finally surrendering it and saying, you know what? Lord, let it be so. The good thing about this text is it really doesn't stop there. But that's where it begins to really make sense of the seemingly ridiculous, take however much time do the internal self-work you need to actually pray. Because when we actually pray, at least according to this text, Jesus shows up with Moses and Elijah and Jesus is transformed from the inside. Right in front of us. It was the glory of God on display. Just like back in Exodus. 
This was the glory of God on display when they went up to pray. And Moses and Elijah are there. Moses is there because Jesus is going to be about a different kind of exodus, a different kind of departure. Moses led them out of oppression from the empire of Egypt's control. Jesus is going to lead us out of oppression from the control of sin and death and lack of patience and judgmentalism and wanting to blame other people, needing to be right. We have this great saying around our house when we can remember it. It goes like this. Uh, Do you want to be right or do you want to be in love? Now the key to delivering that line or asking that question is all in the timing. You're smart adults. I'm going to let you figure out when the best time to use that zinger really is. If you need to be right, you can be right, but I just want to be in love, sweetie. Sometimes it works. Moses and Elijah are there to show that Jesus fulfills the two and takes us further. See, the the gospel story, gospeling in our midst, is that it's never about the tabernacling of the past. It's always about the work of God going forward in new and hopeful ways. Please give me an amen. amen. Thank you. So that would be the first thing to remember. Second thing, and I'm going to try to go a little quicker, don't fall asleep. Now, it may not be a literal sleep. I mean, you can metaphorically fall asleep. You can metaphorically fall asleep by needing somebody else to be wrong so you can be right. That's the same thing as just falling asleep. Forgetting what you're supposed to remember, which is why we do communion weekly, monthly. Sorry, I'm a little off kilter. I've been up a lot of nights. Trust me. But these guys are classic. They fall asleep. I fall asleep. You ever fall asleep? You fall asleep in here. (laughs) It's so easy to fall asleep. The story asks us not to fall asleep. Just be vigilant. Stay awake. Be mindful. Sober-mindedness. Third, uh, and I think this is obvious, let's try not to tabernacle the past. We're not going to build three booths. We're not going to build three shelters so we can come back here and remember how great everything was. We're not going to memorialize anyone or anything in the past. It doesn't matter if it was Moses or Elijah or a different pastor that preceded me or us. We're not going to do that. That's not being faithful to the transformational work of God in Jesus Christ that's always pointing us forward. And it's classic. It's so predictable, we human beings. We still do this. Uh, Some of us may take a selfie, but we do it in a variety of different ways, and it would be just too much fun to articulate them all. And the reason we do that is because when we become afraid, like Peter, James, and John were in the story, 
when we become afraid, it's tempting to over, overly sentimentalize the past in order to make it more than it actually was. The past is just a mile marker. It's not the end game. It's just the 40 and 50 and 40 yard line headed towards the goalpost. But when we get afraid, man, we need security. Memorialize the past. May it never change. That's not gospel. That's fear. Don't we do this? We do this all the time. But the powerful aspect of this story is that Jesus and these three stooges, I know I was just so excited to use that. (laughs) Peter, James, and John, the three stooges, even in the midst of all their imperfections, wanting to tabernacle the past, falling asleep, not sure what's going on, they still have this an amazing encounter with God. In a, here's, the, here's the miracle of it. A brand new way. Wait, we can experience God and encounter God in brand new ways? Even the three stooges just learned that. Knock, 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 knock. Right? This story is, could be transformational. All right, fourth. How are we doing? Not that great. Um, God talks in this story. Right? This is my son. Whom I have chosen. Listen to him. Listen to Jesus. Man, we listen to a lot of different people other than Jesus, don't we? Like if I gave you guys right here in the front row an assignment to talk about something, Ron and JB, you'd be listening to each other's opinion about what you think about anything. But the text says God calls us, listen to Jesus. Listen to Jesus. That's a kicker to me. The other thing, number five, I think what we have to really wrestle with in our contemporary culture is uh, time, in fact, does bring clarity. Time brings clarity. It's okay to live in a messy middle for a while. Remember the three stooges, Peter, James, and John? They didn't tell anybody about this for a long time. Because it was going to take time for this God encounter to actually come true. Make sense of it in order to communicate about it. So when we're scratching our heads, this is a lot of helpful strategies, right? to figure out where God is at work in our midst. Last strategy I think could be the most important. It goes something like this. 
the three stooges, Peter, James, and John, Jesus, Moses, and Elijah. These seven characters were just actors on stage. They were being acted upon by the primary principle in this scene. Who was? God. God. God was more important in this scene than Peter, who the church would be built upon, James, John, Jesus, Moses, and Elijah. Now this is an all-star team. This is already an amazing all-star team. But the only real actor in this whole scene You know, it's a funny mountaintop experience. You know, we go on retreats because we want to have that mountaintop experience, right? Um, this was certainly a mountaintop experience, but it wasn't the kind of experience that people are going to write glowingly of the gorgeous sunrise, the soft breeze in my face, making me alive to my senses and everyone that was there. Sand between my toes and the flowery language that makes us just, oh, feel those spiritual goosebumps. Aren't they special? This is not that kind of mountaintop experience. This is a mountaintop experience that speaks of the death of the Son of God. Because that's what's coming. That's Friday. But Sunday... The resurrection will soon be here. And the ascension has to take place so that the Holy Spirit of God can fill us, the church, through millenniums with the very Spirit of God to continue to carry the work of God in Jesus Christ as the hands and feet of Jesus Christ starting right in our own neighborhood. But friends, and forgive my language, but God help any one of us and all of us if we are hell-bent on tabernacling anyone or anything of the past. Because that's not the power of this story. God is. God is. And that ought to give us some semblance of hope because there's not a day that goes by Where in my head, I don't screech like my one-year-old and say, wow, what is happening here? But the gospel today is, pray. The gospel today is, don't fall asleep. The gospel today is, don't tabernacle anything in the past. 
Don't make your own prioritizations. We're just the three stooges. Listen to Jesus. Time does bring clarity. And if you can't remember anything, remember this. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. God's got this. I had a chance to read uh, a new book, a whole book over the weekend somehow, through Screams and Screeches, uh, by Anne Lamott, Almost Everything. She had a great line in there. I think I tweeted it or something that she, her line went like this, belief takes practice. Belief takes lots of practice. And I thought about that. Yeah, that's good. And then I, I, I changed it a little bit. Belief takes lots of practice like baseball and patience. And then the more I thought about it, I want to change it again. I want to edit it again. That's why good writing takes time. It's like a fine wine. You've just got to let it take you away to different places. I think what I really want to end with is this. Faith takes lots of practice. Like baseball or golf. Or patience of a one-year-old that really hates to sit in a car seat and wants you to know it. Because that's what God's doing in a go-figure world. Can we pray together? Happy Thanksgiving. Come back next week. It's the first Sunday of Advent, which I'll say to you, Happy New Year. I have so many imperfections, I'm going to do the benediction and go walk and ask for forgiveness next door. Actually, I don't need to do that. I can just do it right here in front of my friends. Forgive us when we're impatient. Forgive us when we want to be in control. Forgive us when we want fast answers. Forgive us because we always want to be right and make sure that somebody else is wrong. Forgive us when we want to tabernacle the past. Forgive us when we fall asleep. <laughs> oh, I love that. Just forgive us, God. Forgive us in and through Jesus Christ. Give us the courage and the sustaining, persevering grace to live by faith, to know that you've got this. That you've got this. In your name, amen. You got at least one more song for us? Are you going to rock